Hello. Come to join. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fine. How um, are you doing, Hattie? Elaborate on the how the, on the fine. Um yeah, like just about to come to the end of my year-long job at uh, the school in St Albans and so yeah lots of big transitions going on I just moved house that's another big one um I've had some big conversations with people that I needed to recently so everything Mm. feels like it's sort of being jiggled around in the snow globe sounds like busyness has kind of been quite like I don't know it's kind of filled up a lot of your space Mm. I'm actually really quite curious like this isn't me interviewing you, by the way. Jumping in straight away. <laughs> Just putting it out there. But I genuinely am interested. Like, are you someone mm. who uses busyness to distract or are you someone that, like thrives on it? Or I used to use it to distract. Okay. Um, and then I realized that I was doing that. And then I kept doing it for ages because I was like, well, <laughs> I know that I do it, but I can't do anything about it. Um, and now it's more just uh, don't really have much choice at the moment Mm. um I feel like I'm my threshold for busyness is getting wait which way would it be higher no lower I can't deal with as much busyness as I used to be able to (laughs) just knowing actually that if I'm feeling busy I'm usually feeling numb because I'm just too busy yeah and then actually once you sort of hone into your feelings it's like oh I actually can't be this busy to be able to hone into my self and everything that's such a good point that's such a good point because it is like yeah like I've often thought that my feelings get in the way of achieving sometimes you know what I mean Mm. and if you're and if you're like core focus as a young person is like to achieve then it's kind of like your feelings and your like emotional needs are left behind but isn't that so ridiculous because when we achieve something, we should be able to celebrate it with the emotions that we have. And also yeah. to get there, we should be able to enjoy the journey and all these things like it really um, minimalizes or like strips back the achievement if we don't have the richness of life and emotion around it. The good and the bad. Yeah. You need and, the, and the fine. <laughs> And the just fine, thank you very much. Yeah, get off my back, happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. How are you? Because we did say this was not going to be just another interview of me. Um. So oh, my answer it. to that is like kind of like ask a less complicated question. <laughs> nope, I refuse. I suppose um, I wanted to say fine, but because this is what it is I just feel like that's not fair to like what we're trying to build you know to just say I'm fine and then try and move on talk about other topics talk about other stuff it's like no (laughs) so I suppose today Mm -hmm. like I'm just feeling really really down Mm -hmm. like and tired but like tired is what I say to people when I'm actually feeling down yeah because everyone's like oh yeah I'm so tired and you're like Okay, now we can move on from me feeling (laughs) down. (laughs) Yeah, so I suppose it has been like feeling down and like definitely been dealing with a bit of depression like recently, Mm -hmm. Um, 
which is so and I, I really struggle to admit it because it's like I don't like to be someone that has all this kind of like mental health CV because <laughs> I, I definitely feel that there's a lot of mental issues that I can like say that I relate to or have dealt with and stuff and they all feel very like real but I often worry that people are thinking like oh god what next she's so problematic she's got so many issues oh my god you know what I mean but this is the problem of putting labels on everything is that actually if we hadn't got labels on depression and anxiety and OCD then we'd feel freer to experience all of them without being like a checklist what a good point that's what it is though that's what it is it's like I'm basically coming to terms at the moment that like there's part of my mental illness that I've really healed and I can celebrate that but I often feel pressure to like present myself as this really healed person who just wants to help Mm -hmm. other people and like blah 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 but actually the reality is I do still struggle and I think part of like delivering a good not service but like delivering an authentic like platform and stuff is about realizing actually I'm not fully healed at all I'm so broken sometimes still And like there's stuff that I have really, really healed and I'm really well functioning. But actually there's like still stuff I'm working through. And I just want to accept that more, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely like the last few days. I've also had two really busy days where I was rehearsing with my piano trio again. And like coming back to that, to intense, intense practice, intense like working. I just wasn't quite prepared for like how different and tiring it would feel but also how great but you know it's like a mix of stuff mm-hmm. um and I don't like the idea that like I don't have the stamina I used to have or I don't you know what I mean I kind of like what you were saying my threshold for busyness is definitely yeah whichever way it is whichever way it is which is yeah. less. <laughs> yeah. well yeah well well done for not saying fine little fine. achievements um but yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I think sometimes we worry that our, as you said, like service or whatever we're doing, especially if it's mental health related and, you know, not like you feel like you have an authority on mental health, but you mm-hmm. feel like you just, you have the space to talk about it. You worry that if you're not fully healed, then it um, lessens the validity of it or... Yeah something like that and it's like oh people won't listen to my podcast if I'm still depressed because why would you want to listen to a depressed person and then it's like oh okay this is just like internalized mental health stigma um yeah it's like why would I listen to a crazy person yeah that's so true though because it's like if you were watching someone on YouTube you know with a chronic illness you're not going to expect them to be healed and just talk about it. You know what I mean? You, you would expect that would be ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah, you like you would expect them to talk about the fluctuations or the bad days or whatever. But I do yeah, think why are they not healed now? Yeah, <laughs> come on, what's going on? But it does. Yeah, there's definitely this like feeling of that for sure. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I also felt like not close to saying I wouldn't do this chat because I desperately want to talk to you and like Mm -hmm. also to get it out because (laughs) I just want it like I want this whole thing to like get going because I'm so excited about it literally but actually if it was me recording on my own there's no way that today would be the day I'd do it 
because mm. I'd want to be I want I would want to present myself as my full like happy happy energetic self that just doesn't exist today but well as you said it's so much more authentic and um true to what you're trying to do if you mm. turn up even on the days that you feel bad but I mean there is such a fine line between the accountability of working with someone and uh the ability to be like actually not today yeah Um, it's so hard to know when is which is the right one for that day I think you put something on the Instagram about that about um oh yeah saying (laughs) about showing up for things and I I was like reading that thinking, oh my God, if I'd have read this in second year, you know, it was a real moment like that. And I was like, I really hope some people have read this that need mm. to hear it. Because I think with mental illness, especially when you're having a bad day and you've got a concert or you've got something that it feels like there's no way I can say no to this. Pushing through and doing it. I've had so many experiences where pushing through and doing it has made me worse. It's mm. made my jar full of nothing very little empty rather than let's rehabilitate a bit let's take time you know I think yeah they last for so long as well like pushing through Mm. that one thing you think I'll just get to the end of it and I'll be done it's like well no not necessarily you might still be feeling mentally exhausted a week later and Mm. then that knocks onto all the other things you've got going on Um, and the number of times that I don't know you might have stepped in for somebody last minute because they had a clash or something. Like, it's not, I don't know, when I think, oh God, I've got this concert today or something, I couldn't possibly pull out last minute because they'd have to find somebody else. Yeah, okay, maybe not on the day, but I don't know, last minute stuff, we have to do it for other people. So why shouldn't we do it? Not advocating pulling out of all your concerts, guys, but it shouldn't just be for... uh, missed train or a broken leg or no it could be for mental health too yeah I think that's so important you said that because I just I don't know I was thinking was like when you wrote that I was just thinking of this time where I remember going to the academy for this Misha Maisky masterclass (laughs) he's this cellist and it was so bad I don't know (laughs) I came out and I was with my friend Ariane we went to Pizza Express And I had like one of my worst ever panic attacks I've ever had, had that. And then I knew the next four days I was supposed to be in this project doing Shostakovich Fifth Symphony, which is not one to do when you're really mentally unwell, like, (laughs) because it was so, I just remember playing it being like, this man knows me, he knows my pain, but at the same time, I can't deal with him. So I, you know, because I remember waking up, like about to go to that first rehearsal. And I, I remember thinking, I know I shouldn't be going to this. I can't do this. And I, all my thoughts were like, I can't do this. But then there was this part of me that thought, you know, if you get through this, you're going to know that you, you're, you're going to beat your mental illness. You're beating it. You know, you're beating. And I actually, from what you said, it's like, actually, why did I feel compelled to beat something when I was really ill? Mm. You know? And it kind of feeds it more because then next time it's like, well, I did it last time. Yeah. And I'm a failure if I don't show up like I did last time. You're not really beating it. (laughs) Oh, no, it was so I think that's something I really have underestimated. Like, because we are, you know, when you're ill with a mental illness, quite often it's enough to just live the baseline day. 
you know mm-hmm. and I don't know what your experiences are about doing concerts or not doing concerts and and stuff with feeling low or do you find that you could say no to stuff if you do you still feel like you could say no to stuff if you're feeling down or are you someone that's quite good at like functioning and pushing through I feel like oh Stuart's just coming for his iPad <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, sorry. It's all good. <coughs> Ruining our after non-animation. Damn it. <laughs> I would have given you a nomination. <laughs> yeah, I've come from having done six years in music college where that's been, you know, my main source of concerts over the last feels like forever, but six, seven years. And obviously I'm not counting this year. And um there is that culture in music college where it's like if you can't make one rehearsal you know you're out of the project mm-hmm. or you can't if you didn't turn up to the concert you I don't know that would be the worst thing ever and so for me the idea is still really like anxiety inducing like if I didn't turn up to yeah. a rehearsal it's like gosh I'd have my professor my head of department the orchestral manager everybody on my back and you know saying that I was feeling low even if I found somebody to dep wouldn't be good enough um Mm. so it would be interesting to see how I feel sort of this time next year about that kind of stuff and also I imagine that with COVID and people feeling like they have to take everything on I expect there'll be an increase in people just pushing through uh, Mm. or beating their mental illness to try and turn up to stuff because Firstly, they need the gigs for money. They need the contacts. They need to build their reputation. They just need everything. So, I'm, yeah, I am slightly worried about the industry and yeah. people going forward. It's so true because it is like suddenly there is this pressure to be well, I suppose, mm. and to be able to experience life fully again and to be able to experience all these things. But it's like, you know, people might have delayed traumatic response or delayed depression or finding yeah it's been a good year for talking more openly about mental health even people that haven't talked about it before perhaps I feel like there's been a general acknowledgement of everybody struggling yeah and as you say now we're suddenly expected to be well to go back to work or party go and see your mates or whatever and it's like what wait what happened to all that talk of not feeling great and what are we supposed to have done about it nobody's gone to therapy like even if they have it it's only been what's going on it's the problem with online as well where like it is a lot easier to put an instagram post and then kind of not really want to brooch it in real life you know do you know what i mean like that is definitely the reality and this is what i'm finding actually with what i put on my on the our instagram about um suicidal thoughts was I was thinking actually I would be the first person to say you know yes let's talk about it let's talk about it but actually asking myself that question like would you be honest about yourself in that situation no like no there's no way you know Mm. what I mean I would find that really really hard I think that's kind of similar it's like yes okay it's easy to say no you know don't go to that project if you're really ill you know but actually to put that into context and to put that into practice takes a lot of courage as well. Like, And again, you have to f- stand up to people who are above you, authority-wise. Mm. And I know we've talked about this before in terms of 
the sort of hierarchy of the music industry and you know if you're a student you're at the bottom of the pile so actually having that assertion to be like no I'm going to look after myself uh, is going to be even harder when it's not just to your friends it's going to be your professors or whoever it is exactly exactly um for those people who are listening now who didn't catch what you were saying on the Instagram stories, do you want to give a little summary? Yeah, sure. So I basically listened to a podcast. Um, there's this wonderful journalist called Bryony Gordon who writes for The Telegraph and she suffers with um, a couple of things. <laughs> kind of like, I feel like kind of like me, she has a bit of a mental health like CV. <laughs> don't we all don't we all so I had I suppose her main problems are like purely obsessional OCD and she's struggled a lot with her um, eating disorders as well but she writes and has a podcast about mental health and mental illness um and one of the podcasts she did was all about suicide and the sort of research into suicide and why people find themselves in that place or you know, and the reasons why people go through with it, how you can prevent it and everything. And they were talking a lot about asking people openly, you know, if if you sense that someone's struggling, having the courage to ask someone the question, you know, are you feeling like you want to end your life? You know, and and I was just considering if somebody asked me that question and I was, what would I say? And I think being the kind of person who likes to think my image is quite, you know, wholesome, blah, 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 safe, or all these kind of things I put on myself. I think the way I react to that would be like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, I mean, mm. I'm feeling low, but I would never consider that. You know, I'm not, I haven't planned for anything. You know? Whereas actually the reality inside my mind might be quite different. And I was talking on the Instagram story about why, why do I want this image like portrayed to people even if it's just one-on-one with someone really concerned about my welfare, you know, why would I feel it difficult to be honest? And I was basically saying, I think it's because I don't want to scare people. Um, And I want to, yeah, as I say, I want to look like this kind of safe together person. And I think the, the amount I talk about mental health or the amount I admit about my own mental health, I always feel like I have to airbrush it, which I suppose is normal to protect yourself. But at the same time, when it's something as serious as someone's life, and someone's safety why should we feel embarrassed or like we have to airbrush something like that when actually to be honest is to begin the path to healing mm. you know but actually yeah. that honesty is so difficult to come to terms with like within ourselves well said Hattie did it summarize it as good enough for you, so Rebecca? good <laughs> what um, were your thoughts about it though I would love to know your thoughts about it actually Well, just to respond briefly to what you just said, I think it's important for certainly when, you know, when I've had suicidal thoughts, if somebody asked me like this, they want to know, they're asking because they Mm. want to know, they don't want the airbrushed version. It's not the kind of thing you drop into conversation when you're having your coffee in the bathroom. It's not a, ah, what's the weather like today? Are you feeling suicidal? It's like when, you know, when you pass someone in the corridor somewhere and they're like, oh, hey, how are you? And you're like, oh, I'm not great. And they're like, oh, I didn't want that answer. I'm on my way to the toilet yeah. or something. I don't yeah. want to stop for a conversation. It's not like that. They're not going to be like, oh, uh, uh, can we talk about this later? You know, they really want to know. Um, so there is no point 
and not saying mm-hmm. I know that's easier said than done I was going to say I think it's particularly hard for women because we do want to have this safe facade yeah but I think I, it is hard for both actually equally uh, sorry not both all I think because obviously yeah you get the masculine not gonna talk about this but I mean you still get that when it comes to something serious as you say like suicide and ending somebody's life there's this blanket not going to talk about it across everybody when you think about all the work that's being done to talk about mental health of course everything to do with mental health is serious but suicide is arguably one of the most serious elements of mental illness and it just seems like there's still a lot of work to do to break down these barriers between people being honest and yeah as you say is this I don't want to scare this person Mm -hmm. most likely this person that's asking you is either somebody that loves you feels very strongly as a friend Mm -hmm. towards you any like they have a strong connection to you um if they're asking they've already considered the fact that you are yeah are you saying they're ready to deal with that yeah they they are laying themselves open but actually I'm thinking you know apart from a GP I've never had anyone ask me that question no um I don't know about you oh I guess counsellors yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) tick box like oh by the way just just uh for the legal reasons I think you've ended your life oh no 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 (laughs) but that's the thing isn't it like as well is because Almost when they, you know, and I've, I'm not ashamed to say I've had a lot of doctors ask me that question. Mm. And every time they do, they change their tone of voice. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Slightly as if it's like, of course you aren't. But yeah, exactly. Are like they've already judged me. They already know, you know. And my sister said she's had this with doctors asking her if she smokes. Because she does, like, occasionally. Yeah. But she doesn't look like someone that would. So they're like, you don't smoke, do you? Sort of thing. That's how they ask the question. Yeah, they say you don't or you're not. They start it off like that. Yeah. So that's kind of, I suppose I've always felt like I've had to say no, slightly. Even Which, in a ther- yeah. even in a clinical setting. It feeds into feeling like you want to have this safe, lovely, yeah. wholesome. It's not just from you. It's what you've been presented with that people think of you so it's like this circle of Mm. okay well I want to present this and then people know me as this so I've got to present myself as this and just goes round and round I just feel really grateful for you really to be like in general but also to like be open to having this conversation with with me it's important I know it's important but there are a lot and I, I don't think there's any shame in it, but there, there are so many people for whom, like, this conversation is such a no-go because of fear and because of... You know, I've had many friends admit to me, I don't, I don't like... I just don't like the idea of suicide. It really freaks me out, really puts me off. Obviously. Like, you know? Sorry, but it's not, like... Yeah. It's not fun. It's not something we love talking yeah, about. Yeah, the idea of. But it, it's, it is... You know, it's like talking about the symptoms for breast cancer or I just really, I've really struggled. I suppose this is why, because when I was struggling with it and I was looking for mental health support from people, I was quite judgmental. And I'd often want to go to people that like were like me, I suppose, 
younger people who I thought, you know, especially within in the music profession or whatever. Um, and I felt like all the mental health advice I got was so have a bath bollocks. Yeah. And I just felt more and more like... Go for a walk. Will someone be fucking honest with me, please? Like, is anybody here feeling like me? I don't feel like there's anybody else feeling like me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I'm really grateful for you having this conversation with me because it just does feel like this is something for so long people haven't been able to talk about, mm. um, which is the point of the podcast. So we are talking there. about it. Yeah, <laughs> 10 out of 10 for us. But no, it reminds me of saying this same thing with eating disorders, you know, mm. as much as they are all terrible, but anorexia is glamorized. Uh, bulimia, for example, is not talked about as much because it's seen as uh, disgusting. It's seen as something that you do behind closed doors yeah. and people with bulimia aren't often visibly ill, um, yeah. but it's something very... Um, and they might be in some people's eyes overweight or, you know, all these things that don't correlate with people's idea of like a stereotypical eating disorder. Yeah. Um, they don't like talking about, you know, vomit, but yeah. not eating or exercising is socially acceptable. It's so true because it's almost like this kind of weak. There is a, such a glamorization. You're so right about the sort of weak sort of, oh, poor whoever mm. suffering with this and it is of course I totally get you but you're so right that actually bulimia which can in some cases have be more dangerous mm-hmm. and have greater health risks with that come along with it but yeah people are made to feel like they're not as successful or not as it's fine. worthy of treatment or they're still eating so they're fine oh and then, like then there's binge eating disorder which yeah exactly I can't, I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how angry it makes me, the fat phobia that's about, because of how many of these people's lives might be affected with an eating disorder, yeah. you know? And for people to think that it's as simple as they make out is just the most disgusting crap I've ever heard. So... <laughs> <laughs> Like there, there is, like you say, there's all this self-care, take a bath, go for a walk, bollocks, which, you know, sometimes does really help and sometimes is lovely, but there's still so much work to be done on the universal reality of mental illness, eating disorders, all mm. of this, the stuff that's not Instagrammable, the mm. stuff that's not uh, white woman sort of. Mm-hmm. middle class I can go buy some bath salts and then yeah. <laughs> my depression will be cured <laughs> but then moving to like what I was saying about this Instagram um and sharing on it you know I, I had this big compulsion to say to apologize and to say gosh that's a bit heavy for a Saturday a bit dark isn't it you know all these things we do to kind of qualify we we're aware that this is dark and we're sorry but you know I just kind of wanted to give you a bit because I should you know and how how can we be unapologetically dark do you have an idea it's <laughs> a big one Hattie jeez Sorry. just got home from work well it doesn't matter I guess yeah as you say not apologizing um the same way that you know don't apologize in emails when you say I'm sorry for bothering you like it's this mm. whole culture of um you're 
somebody who's above me and I'm coming to you as a lesser person with my problems um, and you won't think I'm funny or fun to hang out with if I talk about real stuff and the thing is that yeah it's not all you talk about like you taking you as an example are hilarious you're funny you are clever you're interesting like we (laughs) we have all these things to talk about and you know have a good time with and we talk about that stuff it's not be all and end all and it doesn't mean that gosh you know that Hattie we can never have fun never go out for Mm. a night out because all she's going to talk about is stupid suicide (laughs) (laughs) it's not like that but do you ever find you worry that people do think that's all you talk about yes and I definitely do compensate the other way like I try and be really happy and really funny or fun or whatever um even uh I did a concert recently and I turned up and I hadn't seen these people for ages um and I went in there because I was like well all they will have seen of me over the past year is my Instagram which Mm. is pretty heavy uh no it's not podcast (laughs) you know all this stuff this like yeah and I'm just I'm I don't want them to avoid me because they think mm. that I'm just going to be really deep when all they want is a laugh and a pint. Um, so I'll go in there and I'll be really fun and show them that this is who I am. And if they want to talk, they can. But this is who I am, really. Just a funny, fun one. Yeah. <sighs> so stupid, isn't it? No, it's so interesting, though. We've been told to be successful and to be a pe- like to be easy to deal with. and But also... If you just said today, oh yeah, I'm fine. And then next time we come on here, I might think, oh, she's asked me how I am. I'm not fine. But actually, no, neither one of us has said that we're not fine yet. Mm-hmm. So I won't say it. And then the next one, you might want to be like, actually, I'm feeling a bit rubbish. But you're like, oh, this is episode number three now. Nobody <laughs> said they're not. And then it just goes on and on. Yeah. And you don't want to be the first person, for example, that's like, oh, I'm actually not doing very well. And yeah. the longer it goes on, the harder it is to say, yeah you know what and then you end up saying fine instead of bad and good instead of fine and all this kind of stuff and it just ends up that your scale of how you are just becomes completely skewed I found that because I used to say when I was really unwell I used to say fine or okay for bad and I would say really good if I was fine I would always say really good because I was so amazed that I was really good that I was like fine but yeah for me fine ended up being really good because what the fuck I'm fine at last <laughs> I might as well pretend that I'm really good here might not last long but here we be yeah this is it witness it in all its glory <laughs> I just think it's so interesting though that like how we have been brought up with like this idea of things being too heavy and I mean I don't want to call out my mum because she's a legend but there's been so many times where she, even so recently, has said to me, I'm really worried, like, you're putting yourself on the internet, you're putting all your, you know, all of your story on the internet. Don't you want to sort of preserve some of yourself? You know, this is a lot to share with people. This is a big, a big deal, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she's like, I just feel a bit like, ex- you know, you're exposing it. And she's often said, you know, actually, I find... I feel quite exposed as well because a lot of your issues stem from childhood and, you know, what does that mean about your family and your upbringing, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of respect all of that. Like, 
to share. I've dealt with OCD since I was 10 with a load of people. Like that is something that feels important to me. And I know I don't blame them for it, but actually for everyone else involved, maybe it could be difficult mm-hmm. to like hear me being so open about it. I don't know. I've got to kind of understand that maybe it is. But, but it's it's like this thing of for you, it might feel like a bigger deal to have been dealing with OCD rather than sharing it. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then for everybody else who's not dealing with it, all they have to deal with is the sharing bit. And so obviously for them, it's like this huge, big, mm. oh, now we have to talk about it. But it's like, yeah, but, you know, Hattie's had to experience it as well, you know. Um, if that she wants exactly to share it, it, she can share it, you know. That's exactly it. I think that goes back slightly to like the talking about your issues thing because I often feel like you know so I have had a couple of times that my family have said you know wow you do talk about this a lot and I thought well in my head I feel a hundred million <laughs> times worse than I can say to you yeah. you know do you ever get that yeah it's like oh you think this is a lot you think this Why, is a yeah. lot like <laughs> there's a lot I haven't been telling you as well like yeah well it, I don't know I do feel like I occasionally ask myself like you know maybe you should go back to posting pictures of your dinner and your cats um <laughs> and they have their own instagram they're fine they can cater them themselves. i haven't updated it they haven't <laughs> my their followers haven't seen them in their new house glory um yeah. but um i just feel like where i'm at, at the moment i or i spent so much of my teenage years and childhood pretending to be someone else mm. people pleasing all the time and I feel like I've got so much catching up to do to yeah. show people who I am. And actually, I just can't be bothered anymore. You know, like I want people to know who I am, know what I'm about. They don't have to second guess anything I say. Um, they know if they want to talk to me about something, they can. Um, oh, my gosh. Yay. I don't think at the moment I can't see any downsides to continuing what both of us are doing. Like, yeah, no. obviously, initially if I was like maybe doing it in first year I would have been like what if my teacher sees it or mm-hmm. what if a potential employee employer employee as if I'd ever hire someone <laughs> um, you can hire me if you want <laughs> we can hire each other um yeah what if they see it and now it's like we've talked about this before you know if I any work that I want I want to be able to be myself in yeah um, yeah so this any of this can only be a good thing I don't know about you I get the impression from you especially over the last few weeks while we've been like planning stuff I feel like you as well as me actually really enjoy talking about it it makes me that impression. like I've done a big emotional dump yeah <laughs> <laughs> it feels great I absolutely um, love it yeah and it can be exhausting but yeah I don't know if people know living with mental illness is exhausting uh, yeah. And actually talking about it can be a lovely remedy. It's a uh, lovely remedy. Not... Yeah. I kind of like to feel as if like we're being the friend to our younger self that we would have mm. needed, I suppose. Yeah. I like so to think good. about that. About like, I think especially with when I was de- like dealing with healing from self-harm, a lot of the way I would think about that was you think about the child that you're, potentially hurting here you know is that body is there's the same body is that actually what you are wanting from this or is it something else is it something you're not getting from somewhere else you know I'm really kind of thinking about like that and this is a really nice way of healing 
that as well and mm. like yeah being like I can give I can give to my past self as well as giving to other people who might be struggling you know yes definitely um, oh it's so exciting amen amen I'd quite like you to talk about like where you're at with we did talk about this I think on the live stream mm. maybe a little bit but talk more about the body image side of things so please do go back and listen to the episode with Rebecca that we did in Feb Jan Jan OMG what the fuck I know (laughs) (laughs) okay so go back and listen to that we talk a lot about Rebecca's eating disorder especially when you were at Wells Cathedral School and you're doing don't want to dob them in but that's where I was that's what mm, oh their fault Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just like that. no it wasn't no it wasn't no it wasn't well it was fine uh fine. being being a teenager is not sometimes that's the one <laughs> so Rebecca's dealt with anorexia bulimia and issues surrounding food and body image just everything really um but anyway you were saying before we came on you were saying some really inspiring things about where you're at right now with your body image and mm. your body in general and I'd love for you to share that because that is yeah it blew your mind it actually I say think it. I said something like whoa oh my god I got shivers I think I did get shivers well I think I was saying that yeah my body image is still those of you that follow me on Instagram I've been talking pretty regularly about how my body my sort of self image of my body at the moment is not fantastic um and I'm definitely finding it hard to separate it from COVID inactivity and I haven't had basically any time to exercise Mm -hmm. during my job so I'm feeling it hard uh, finding it hard to separate feeling physically unfit and bad with my body Mm -hmm. um but do lots of learning with that um but someone asked me the other day they were like you know how are you with your body and eating and everything and I said you know I'm I'm not doing very well with my body image but my eating is good like it's really good I'm really nourishing myself really happy with that and I sort of just thought about it afterwards and um, realized that it takes so much willpower as much willpower you know people always say losing weight takes so much willpower or going for that run wow you're so inspiring look at you go I wish you I had your dedication that kind of stuff feeling bad about your body and continuing to nourish yourself and continuing to show up for yourself nutritionally um takes so much willpower and is so damn amazing I felt Mm. so proud of myself that Mm. I'm continuing to feed myself and in the right ways and just listen to my body whilst still feeling bad the pull of the diet culture oh has you know it's it's always going to be strong unfortunately um it's obviously it's not easy to go to the gym and do a workout but we are so bombarded with messages of oh are you feeling bad about your body come and do this workout Mm -hmm. with this app or I don't know why don't you try this new diet it will I don't know you'll lose 100 stone in a day um and 
so yeah I was just sort of reflecting on how proud I was that it had gone like my body image and eating relationship are now sort of independent of one one another which is so so amazing that is just amazing that is such like that's so right that's such a moment for celebration because anorexia especially like it's so all-consuming and like Mm. I think for a lot of people it must feel like there's no way you can ever get out of that cycle of you know responding to the body image with damaging behaviors Mm. but it's also very much like if I recover from this who am I Mm. Uh, it's very much because it's a mental illness you know it's all within your psyche within your mindset it feels like if you're to lose that then you're going to lose your whole self um so it's incredibly difficult to just step away from yeah but how have you dealt like how do you deal with it kind of day to day having that still whether it's diet culture whether it's your eating disorder kind of voice or how do you deal with like responding to these body image feelings because they can be really really horrible Mm. I try and treat them as much as a mental health uh, thing Mm -hmm. as I can so as much as I would look after my mental health by resting and I should say drinking water or all that kind of stuff that I know keeps me in better shape um I know that if my mental health is bad those eating disorder thoughts are more likely to creep in through the net um but also I just especially at the moment where my body is bigger than this time last year the year before that the year before that um I think for me the biggest one has just been comfort like especially going back into the world opening up uh and you know you're like oh okay I'm going out I'll get my trousers that I love to I I used to love going to the pub in these trousers and they don't fit and obviously that makes you feel awful Mm. you're like well this is not going to be the same experience going to the pub I can't fit into these trousers and so having for me having clothes that are too tight especially clothes that I've had before this year that remind me of times that I have been able to wear them um it's just like a constant reminder that I'm not I'm in a different body not a worse body just a different body um so as much as I can I enjoy going to charity shops and just finding clothes that make me feel good and don't remind me of my body not necessarily that it's I'm in a bigger body but just you shouldn't have to think about your body all day every day no um and being in too tight trousers will definitely do that oh, for you <laughs> clothes can be so bitchy yeah they have it their can own be voice so bitchy. oh my gosh and even day to day though like yeah trousers that felt one way one week and then they feel tight in the morning and even in the yeah and you're like I can't did I wash these and then you realize you didn't wash them and you're just you know you're yeah. I'm doing uh quotes with my fingers just fat yeah um you know I think that's amazing though because it can be so easy to see clothes like smaller clothes as like a goal mm. you know and I think there's been a lot of times where I've bought something as a goal to get into or yeah. whatever it's so true and um yeah either you buy something for yourself as a goal and then you're like well I've got to hold myself accountable because I've spent this money Mm -hmm. like 
what is a, some money and a piece of fabric compared to your mental health and your physical health realistically oh, why are we man. these stupid pieces of cloth you idiot sorry oh, oh my gosh oh my gosh are you like you're like a 50 year old wise like in my pajamas <laughs> Oh yeah, how how are you feeling about um, the future? Is for, is like oh, just drop that one in there. The next sub subject, but I was also thinking about you know your aura as a kind of therapeutic My aura. You have such an aura as like a therapeutic uh, person, you know. Thanks. And I know that you're. We've also spoken about this. Gosh, so much. We've already covered with you. Oh, don't yeah, know where to go. You now. guys were not in on our conversations, so. <laughs> But about like doing your level three in September counselling training? I'm a bit confused because I did level two and now I have to do level two again because they didn't recognise it because it's a different online one. Anyway, I'm going to have a word with them. You're kidding me, but you're still doing but it. I'm also, yeah, I'm Sorry. still doing a course in September. Okay. I don't know. But like with that and with moving into freelancing and all this blah, 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 blah. blah are you blah. in the stage of like, I don't know. I'm just going to, you seem to be one of those people that's like, I'm just going to see what the future holds. Or do you have a bit of a plan? Can, can we plan anything right now? No. Patty? What's your plan? Huh? I thought you were going to give me a plan that I could follow. I don't know. Uh, weigh 500 grams of flour. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no plan. Like I've got some teaching lined up and I know that will help me worry less about money like I know that will keep me sort of chugging along uh, and then are those all private students just out of interest no it's mostly music services so how did you which music services out of interest Enfield I've been in touch with Enfield and Haringey and I used to teach for Islington so I might go back with them if they have any work and, and how I'm also do you get work with them? <laughs> yeah, like for a couple of them I just emailed them and I was like hey don't know if you're looking for music teachers but here's my cv and a biog um happy to have a phone call sometime and then they um either reply or they don't so you did get replies from Enfield and Haringey yes wow it's worth it because I think as much as yeah everybody's applying for everything there are also a lot of people that have been leaving the profession or yes you know, throwing their hat in the ring. Is that the expression? Towel in the bag. Throwing in the towel. Throwing in their <laughs> Rebecca Towel. <laughs> throw her in there. Um, <laughs> just throw me in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, um, applying for Hertfordshire as well, which is surprisingly easy to get to from Central. Yeah. So would recommend that I think you're writing these all down yeah I'm just using you as like musical chairs <laughs> Rebecca chair that I'm just using work. you as like a, what's not, it called not a joke <laughs> you just said two words Rebecca chairs nowhere near like what are you doing I can't work with you anymore you told me that you said I was hilarious you just gotta keep up yeah I've it. changed my mind <laughs> I'm a fickle pickle you would advocate for like emailing people and making it known that you are interested before this year I hadn't really done it and then I was like well why not 
because also also often they have like a list of tutors that they don't have any um teaching for but then if they have they need some cover or they have a job that's come up they will offer it to you first before they advertise it or I mean probably not because I think that's illegal but um yeah it's just good to get your name in there or for like ensemble coaching or maybe they need extra players for their symphony orchestra concert or something you're very interesting to talk to thanks great careers advisor thank you (laughs) so what do you think you want to do in the future now that you've gone past this silly music phase (laughs) literally (sighs) was that about Fatima retraining oh my gosh (laughs) ballet dancer yeah maybe I will become a ballet dancer pretty light on my feet Um, in terms of like the transition into becoming a freelancer how do you feel is this How a really do boring I question? feel? No, it's not a boring question. It's just like, I have no idea. I feel very excited because yeah. after a year of not really practicing, not really playing, all these things, I'm excited to do that. And it's made me realise that I do really want to do that. I mean, I thought I knew before, but now I really know. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Like all these things that I used to do for my mental health and just well-being and myself I thought no I I knew they were good for me but I didn't really know quite how much I'd miss them um Mm. so not saying that freelancing is easy um but I'm looking forward to not commuting um but yeah there is the the void of post I mean because technically I'm still sort of post music college because of the past year I'm I you know I left academy in fact the week after I finished at academy I started my job so I had a mini sort of oh my gosh real life is out there and then I was like okay no I'm in a job now oh my gosh and now I'm having that again of like oh I'm not in music college anymore and it's like yeah, yeah. you haven't been for a year like but it doesn't feel like it no I get that I can totally understand that double crash but also like what was I gonna say I don't know can't remember not gonna bother Okay. Might as well just shut up. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you how, because you've got some big transitions going on in life. Yeah. How are you coping with them? How are you coping? Yeah. And what are you doing to sort of, are you doing any preventative coping? Ooh, preventative coping. What you mean, like understanding that transitions are, can be potentially triggering? Yeah, or like putting things in place because just in case you feel a bit bad. Or... That's a really good question. Probably not enough is the answer to that, considering I have to think about it. <laughs> well, I don't think we can ever do enough. Um, but I think I'm feeling, I think kind of relating totally to what you said, like I had such a burnout time mm-hmm. this time last year. It was, it was my, I had a mental I wouldn't call it quite a breakdown, but it was very close Mm -hmm. combined with burnout from being at music college combined with coronavirus. It was so many things. It was like my mind, my brain was just like, do you want to hit me with one more thing? And I will literally just go um, go out. (laughs) Like a disaster film. Yeah, it was like, it was like, (laughs) and then the building collapsed and then there was a big fire. The day after tomorrow. And it was like one wave, the next wave. (laughs) But obviously, I'm not saying you're a disaster I'm just saying it's like that no it felt like a real disaster so I I suppose after that 
after stabilizing with medication and stuff and ba- very bad therapy which is fine nice. I found a the right therapy in the end nice. after stabilizing I basically gave myself permission to let go of the cello completely and I would actually say to people I'd be like you can burn it if you want you know like I was so done with it I was just like yeah don't care what happens to it burn it you know smash it it's fine kick it I don't wow. give a fuck I was so dark. I was so angry at it. I don't know why, but I had this real time of just like, didn't want to look at it, didn't want to touch it. So pissed off with the whole thing, which actually looking back is kind of hard to remember, but it definitely happened. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe just, you. <laughs> but I just had this thought like, it's fine. Let it happen. It's okay. Like, so I did. Like, I really barely touched it for a good kind of two, three, four months. And I mean, like, maybe practiced once a week, like, very little. But I had a great time. You know, when I did play it, I just had a laugh kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just started getting back into it kind of because I felt I should a little bit. But then also it got to the point where there was a real kind of void. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what, let's keep, let's try. Let's just see. Um, and then more and more, actually, the first time I really felt excited about playing again was when we got in. The, a guy got in touch with my trio about doing a concert in Hay on Wye in August. Ooh. And like the thought of doing it, I wasn't prepared, but I felt this like intense excitement that I hadn't felt for ages. And if you have like depression or whatever, it's quite hard to feel sometimes like those excited emotions. Hard like, to feel I, anything. <laughs> don't be so dark, Rebecca. Uh, sorry I take it back I take it back <laughs> but yeah it's it's hard to uh reach any kind of emotional climax <laughs> that's gonna be deleted then that could keep on that's so erotic <laughs> <laughs> and I felt some real emotional climax about playing my piano yeah. again <laughs> um no I really did feel like wow okay, this is showing me something, like I really am ready to start again. And then more and more stuff kind of came up in my head and I was doing a lot more writing work and a lot more like of the podcast. And I was like, holy shit, I literally am so passionate about this. And I didn't know, like, I didn't know how much Mm -hmm. I loved. I want to stay as a performer because for the moment, at least that's how I think is that's part of my advocacy is to show up in that space. Maybe you feel the same. Like to to be an imperfect classical musician is like something I really want to be. <laughs> mm. And I have a lot of plans to be open, more open, especially with my audience in different ways. And I'm trying to think about kind of creative ways of of doing that and bringing in, you know, <sighs> mental illness and what's we your idea? <laughs> things. Musicians don't talk about concert series. Okay, it's going, it's going on the paper. Okay, you heard it here. I first. think you're going to say a tour, TMDCA on tour. Oh yeah, we could do that as well. This is when we can get the how we fund it. Oh yeah, t-shirts. <laughs> but I am thinking about that, and I am thinking, well, I don't have to kind of diversify yet at all because actually everything I do, I want it to fit together. Mm. And that is making me really excited. The only thing that's not making me excited is the thought of trying to get work. Money. And I, money, yeah. And I really want to come to London. This is where I'm at. I want desperate to come to London, desperate to work in a kind of music service setting. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've applied for every job under the sun. 
and haven't had any reply. apply for the jobs I said so I'm going to do what you said because apply you've really inspired me you can come for a ride in my car oh well if you ever go to Harringay music service or whatever then tell them that you know a cellist everybody one. everyone if anyone wants a cellist just a one forget all the yeah. others <laughs> Yeah, and, and she's a comedian. She's a oh my gosh, you podcaster. Know, my limit does not exist. I am absolutely. She knows no bounds. There's no bounds. I'll probably really embarrass you. Ask you about your mental health. Suicide. I'll probably ask you for <laughs> suicidal. So <laughs> no one will want to hire me. But you know what? Nope. At least I'm honest. <laughs> but that no, would be your like... epitaph. <laughs> but yeah, it's just kind of like seeing the future seeing everything I'm excited about and feeling those feelings but being at the same time quite anxious that mm. I really want it to fall into place but I'm really scared it won't you just said mm. yourself that, that you want to be an imperfect musician <gasps> so it doesn't all have to calling fall me place. out calling me hey. out that's really that's really true where we go how are you looking to be an imperfect musician I just I like living life by trial and error and inevitably that brings successes and Mm. errors Mm. and imperfections and I like it because if everything went perfectly then you'd never learn anything I know that's very cliche but I feel like I've learned so much and not only you know it's obviously great for yourself when you learn so much but it's great for teaching it's great for conversing with people and empathy and just life like I'd love to get to the end of life and know so many things about so many different areas Mm. a little bit like imperfectly uh, rather than just being like yeah sailed through that (laughs) took no risks with that yeah few don't know what everybody's complaining about (laughs) yeah I think I think that's the way I mean also can you plan to be imperfect Ooh, is that counterintuitive? Did you just call me out again? Yeah, oh, sorry, really? double called you out. That's a really Oops. good point, though, because I do have this tendency to be like, I'm going to be imperfect, but I'm going to plan as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be perfectly imperfect. I'm going to be imperfect, but so planned that you won't even know. Any final parting? I mean, I just want to say, actually, mm. welcome. I don't think I said nice. that properly at the start. You know, it's taken off my to mind to get into into gear a little bit today. Um, That's okay. But I am really, I might not sound it, but I am incredibly excited. You do sound excited. Being here. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, little do you know, you've joined my podcast. Oh, I imagine. I've got you. No, no, no. It's now our you know, our it's, baby it's our baby oh it is our baby are we gonna homeschool or <laughs> no private education for that baby i'm no. sorry no no st albans for that baby sorry <gasps> <laughs> no graduate musicians where you're going to school baby. no 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 um but no i am like just desperately excited and Me as i say again like it just feels like such a gift to yeah be on a platform with someone like you who isn't afraid to take both me and everyone where they are I suppose so thank you for being here thank you for having me and thank you for taking me as I am oh this is so cute we're meant to be (laughs) 
for saying we've never met in real life. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's so weird. I don't so, know if you're 3D. You don't know. I could be catfishing you big time. <laughs> but just catfish was like, there's all these 2D people going around being like, I'm actually 3D. And then you meet them and they're, okay, I don't know where this is going, but. It sounds like a Truman show. Have you seen that? Or kind of Black Mirror. Oh. Mixed. My mind is about to like burst with mindfuckery. Black Truman, <laughs> but it's probably <laughs> Truman Mirror. We'll go with that one. Truman was very much a white man. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Carrey is so white. He's brilliant. But no, thank you. And everyone, I'm sure you will see much more from us in the coming weeks and months and years. Decades. You know, we're not going anywhere. We're going to outlive you all. You're going to outlive you all. We're going to be asking awkward questions, talking far too much about things that no one talks about. And we talk about though. We, yeah, we're not afraid at all. So uh, I'm not afraid. I just want to say to people, we we do have this website, which I need to give Rebecca the login to still keep forgetting. Um, He's going to sing while I explain and invite. Um, if you want to contribute anything to the blog, please get in touch. Um, I'm going to do a shout out for that because we have a few people lined up to blog, but I would love that because it's nice to have kind of different media ways of sharing. Um, so it could be about anything, but just know that's going on. And then also we have a couple podcast podcast guests lined up, mm. but we are looking for people. Rebecca, do you want to take over? um yes I am planning or doing a little bit of research on alcoholism and substance abuse in classical musicians or any musicians so um if you feel like you have anything to say on that matter or any experience I would love to hear from you um I think yeah I'll be doing a call out on the Instagram Mm -hmm. uh but yeah just like delving into really interesting research at the moment yeah so please, please never hesitate to get in touch. Even if you think I don't have enough experience or my story's boring or whatever, like, I don't know. Yeah. It could just <laughs> it, be a few words. It doesn't have to yeah. be a two hour documentary. No, <laughs> not like, not like what I'm planning. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Yeah. So please keep in touch. I am just thrilled that like I can share the mental load and not have to try and sound interesting all the time. Because now I can force you to sound interesting as well. It's wonderful. What a weight off my mind. Anyway, thanks for being here. You too. And (laughs) everybody. Everybody, we love you all. I need to get better at sign-offs. And sign-ons is my... uh, I have plans to, like, do some recording of myself doing intros. This week we are sponsored by HelloFresh. That would help, actually, wouldn't it? having a bloody sponsor you know we could make up we could be like this week i'm sponsored by my metronome (laughs) this week i'm sponsored by my crushing self-doubt and my i don't know my terrible childhood to be fair though if it wasn't for those things you wouldn't be where we are today also if we create those adverts at least there's a gap and then if people want to sponsor us then they can just insert it into a ready-made gap like i don't eat meat so preferably no, no meat sponsors me. uh i don't like, like oil companies very much either 
No. So if meat sponsors or oil sponsors are planning to get on on this, then don't All bother. Big banks don't like that much. Cigarette big, companies, not big stand. companies. Live alone. <laughs> get off our backs. Did you know the LSO is sponsored by? Yeah, a tobacco company. I know. Also, Look, the Royal Opera House so still bad. haven't dropped their sponsorship BP. Should also <gasps> call that out. No way. Yeah. So that's still actually a thing. Um, I like how you're getting you sorted out. <laughs> you're getting closer to the mic for all the truth. <laughs> Um, did you also know? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of another one, but I can't right now. But yeah, I've the world is sponsored by corruption. Uh, and Rebecca is sponsored by her metronome. And truth. <laughs> anyway, before we irritate everyone for another half an hour. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>